0: Hey, good morning, thanks for joining. Glad to be with us as we begin to go through the Word of God again this morning. And uh, if you've been with us for any length of time, uh, you know that our desire is to always look to the Scriptures to understand the things of God and to ultimately get to know God more personally in a deeper way, in a more meaningful way as we walk with Him each day. And uh, as of late, we have begun to uh, dive into the subject of the person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And so uh, we have spoken about Him in terms of His personality, We've spoken of him in terms of his deity. Uh, we have spoken of some of the things that he does. Uh, he comforts, he seals, he indwells. Uh, he guides us into all truth, things like this. Um, and lately in the last couple of podcasts, we've begun to now move into uh, another thing that he does, and that's that he gives gifts. And so we've been uh, starting our study on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The topic that is, uh, for many uh, in the church, kind of frightening, kind of weird. Uh, typically, when we think of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we unfortunately become victims of so many of the abuses that have gone on uh, throughout uh, church history, uh, even in modern times. You know, there have been those that have claimed the Holy Spirit's activity in their lives uh, that has manifested itself in really bizarre ways. Um, a friend of mine and I were just talking about the Brownsville revival some time back and um, this uh, this idea of the Holy Spirit moving upon people and causing them to to run around the sanctuary and bang their heads on the floor and make noises like animals and all these kinds of things and, uh, and all these kinds of, frankly, nonsense. Uh, and those are the kinds of things that unfortunately lead so many to want to sort of write off the idea that the Holy Spirit might be doing supernatural kinds of things in the lives of believers today because we don't want to be equated with that kind of craziness. And that's understandable. I mean, I believe me, I kind of get that. Um, But those are abuses, and they should be seen for what they are, and frankly, they should be called out for what they are. Uh, But we always look to the scripture to find out if, in fact, something is legit or not, if something lines up with what God has done or is doing or not. And and clearly, in that case, it's it's pretty obvious that God is not working in uh, in that kind of insanity. Uh, That doesn't point people to Jesus as Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do, but rather it leads to Uh, you know attention and all that kind of thing for the person who's acting like a a lunatic and so um, so Paul on the other hand if we want to understand you know biblically what these gifts are about we uh, look to the scripture. Paul has spoken in a number of places about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and I would even argue that um, examples of, of, of what these gifts look like in action can be found throughout scripture in many ways we'll see a little bit of that today Uh, And so um, uh, the empowerment that Paul talks about, and and more specifically, let's maybe kind of dive in at this point, the empowerment that Jesus spoke about at the end of the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24, where he talks about how they should, uh, they're ultimately going to become witnesses to all nations. Um, but he's going to send the promise of the Father upon them. So stay in the city or in Jerusalem until you're clothed or endued with power from on high. In Acts chapter one, uh, verse eight, Jesus again uh, speaking, reiterates to them that the Holy Spirit will come upon them and they'll be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so as the Holy Spirit comes upon people, there is a mission in mind the idea of propagating the gospel to the ends of the earth. And in terms of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as Paul refers to them, we also see in connection with his activity, on top of bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth, there's also this, uh, this other element that ultimately feeds into that, both the propagating of the gospel but also into the building of the church itself not just numerically but in terms of maturity in terms of growth personally in our relationship with him and so the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given so that the body might be built up uh, and 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 that we might ultimately uh, grow to maturity and, and bring God glory through our lives and such this is not the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not intended to be uh, uh They weren't given for the sake of dazzling people or or looking like an impressive believer because look, I can do this thing or that thing, uh, or God has gifted me in some way. As a matter of fact, it's interesting that Paul speaks about the subject to a body of believers in Corinth who are very, very carnal. uh, And and the impression you get reading through these things, both implicitly and and in some places uh, explicitly, we can see that though the Holy Spirit was moving, uh, in powerful ways among those believers they still were not growing to maturity in other words they were missing the point and so paul explains why they had received these gifts why they had experienced the power of the holy spirit so that they would get on track and ultimately uh, allow the holy spirit that place to work in their lives as he desires and instead of them just simply being enamored with the gifts they instead would be ultimately walking in the Spirit and being drawn closer and closer to Jesus, and by extension, growing more into his image. And so the gifts of the Holy Spirit play a role in that. Um, I I, I guess I should probably say something I don't think I've mentioned along the way, but for some, when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they really just don't want to know anything about this, they want to just stay away. Uh, And um, you're no less of a Christian if you, uh, for example, hold the view that the gifts have ceased and they're no longer for today, or at least the sign gifts uh, uh, um, you know, maybe have faded off the scene. I don't hold that view. I think biblically it's hard to make that case. But that being said, you and I are no less in fellowship. You and I are no less believers. God doesn't love you or I more or less based on our position on these things. But as a a teacher in the Word, I just like to make sure that as we go through these things that we share them uh, as the scriptures uh, uh, give them to us and that we understand them, that we embrace them, uh, not just the gifts but any subject, and that we're fair to the scripture and what it says about it. But as far as whether you want to embrace the idea that the gifts are for today or that you want to uh, practice any of them if God were to give you one, that's kind of a different thing in regard to our fellowship together. So this isn't intended to be a a divisive kind of a thing, but rather it's supposed to just simply be an instructive and informative kind of a thing. And then I will leave that obviously to you and the Lord to sort of sort out where you are on these things. But that being said, let me go ahead and continue our study on this. Um, uh, Again, uh, Paul talks about the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, Uh, talks about them in Romans 12, we see in, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes about uh, what uh, gifts that Christ has given the church that really are more in the form of offices or roles uh, of, of leadership and, and positions of ministry and that kind of a thing. But we're going to today kind of bring ourselves back to 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to begin to look at the first couple of these gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let me go ahead and read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 8. And uh, where Paul says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, uh, or word of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, or we typically call it discerning of spirits, Uh, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one, or distributes to each one individually as he wills. So as we mentioned last time, the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit as he wills, or in other words, as he sees fit. He distributes these gifts as he sees fit. In other words, he understands and knows the kind of service and ministry we'll be involved in, and he gives gifts in accordance with those things to empower us for those acts of ministry. Uh, A couple of things that we, we notice here that there are varieties of gifts, okay? As he lists them here, there are different kinds of gifts. And he mentions here that there are different kinds of gifts, there are different kinds of service, there are different kinds of activities. Uh, the idea of the gifting speaks of those graces or that sort of favor that is given in a particular area of equipping uh, with this kind of a gift for the purpose of different kinds of service or ministry, as we kind of alluded to a second ago. And that ultimately brings about different effects or different uh, outcomes are wrought through the use of those gifts that have been given uh, by the Holy Spirit. And so, but as Paul says here, this is ultimately given for the common good, or for the betterment of all, for the benefit of all, uh, ultimately in building up the body of Christ and bringing forth his witness to the world around us. Um, Now, having said that, we begin to look now at the gifts specifically. As Paul gives a list here, and in other places that we'll look at as well, Uh, he starts here by talking about the the gifts of wisdom and uh, word of wisdom and word of knowledge. So it might be helpful just to talk about what wisdom and knowledge are just in general. Uh, For starters, knowledge is information, right? Knowledge, understanding something. Um, Wisdom, on the other hand, is the proper application of that knowledge uh, or the use of that knowledge in an appropriate way or a beneficial way. Um, Solomon, who wrote uh, uh, so much of the book of Proverbs speaks uh, so clearly of the importance of getting wisdom and walking in wisdom and applying wisdom. Wisdom cries out in the streets to come and 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 ultimately follow uh, her counsel in that, lest we fall into a pit, lest we fall into destruction, lest we go in ways that are hurtful and harmful. Uh, And so, uh, and as an aside, by the way, reading the book of Proverbs, uh, there are 31 chapters in Proverbs, and typically most months have 30 or 31 days, and so it's a good idea to read a chapter of Proverbs every day, and just do that month after month after month. When you walk with the wise, you'll be wise, and so learn from Solomon what he said. Ironically, Solomon, as wise as he was, did a lot of very foolish things, but in retrospect, that helps us understand the problem of not applying That knowledge wisely, Solomon, uh, having been given a supernatural uh, infusion of wisdom from God, um, applies himself to learning about every, like virtually every discipline under the sun, and uh, and having learned all these things, having uh, acquired so many things, having ascended to such prominence, at the end of another one of his books that expresses the concept of wisdom is the book of Ecclesiastes. At the end of that book, he essentially sums up all of his learning and understanding by pointing out that really the primary thing is to know God's commandments and obey them, and that is wisdom. Um, so learning to uh, learning in the first place is important and vital for us to grow as human beings, but wisdom is a very different thing, applying that knowledge in a wise way. Again, we're just speaking practically right now. Um, I can know that the stove is hot because I know that the temperature gauge is on or the, you know, I've turned the thermostat on. Um, uh, I may understand the principle that, you know, when you do that, the burner gets hot and everything, but wisdom tells me not to put my hand on it. Okay. I understand these things, but acting wisely in response is, uh, is another thing entirely um second timothy three sixteen and 17 all scripture is given by inspiration of god or is god breathed and is profitable for right so it is one thing to know the word of god it's another thing to therefore practice those things that the word of god says that is wisdom which is applying the knowledge paul says all things are lawful for me First corinthians 10 23 all things are profitable or lawful for me or not profitable all things are lawful for me but not all things are profitable i'm all things are lawful for me but not all things build up i know that i can do things and i'm still okay with god in the sense of my salvation but is that wise no not all things build up some things in fact tear down so the idea of wisdom and knowledge are two different things but it's easy to see how they work together or ought to work together well, in our list here of, of spiritual gifts, um, we want to recognize that Paul includes these two things alongside of very supernatural kinds of things, things like prophecy or tongues or healings, in that. And so, they're on the one sense, knowledge and wisdom are things that we should apply ourselves to simply grow in as believers. Uh, we should seek to learn the word of God that we might do the word of God. Knowledge and wisdom walking in the ways that god has prescribed however paul seems to be indicating here by including these two things in this list of gifts of the holy spirit that there's some kind of a supernatural element to them at least in terms of the holy spirit's giving them to people Uh, so now this is where people tend to divide a little bit over what what these gifts might be or not be Uh, and so we want to just kind of unpack it a little bit Um, The word of uh, a word of knowledge, or and a word of wisdom, in terms of a spiritual gift, would seem to be uh, moments where God gives a particular, in terms of a word of knowledge, where God gives a particular insight appropriate to that moment, Uh, something that may not have been known previously, or you would not necessarily be privy to, but is given to you in a moment for a purpose now, again remember the overall purpose of the gifts is to build up the body is to help us grow to maturity ultimately maybe even to help bring the gospel out um, so when god gives a word of knowledge uh, in a moment its purpose is to ultimately build up or to or, or to do some kind of a work in that process um, um, for example uh, acts chapter 5 Um, Ananias and Sapphira, the story of Ananias and Sapphira, where where people were selling goods and properties and such, and they were giving the resources from those sales to the disciples in order so that they might distribute them to those in need. And so people were willingly giving of their resources in order to help others. Well, Ananias and Sapphira, uh, um, you know, wanted to be seen as giving a lot of their resource, even though they hadn't given uh, all of their resource. They held back some of it, but made it seem as though they had given all of it. Well, Peter called them out on this and and said, you know, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit and such? Well, we don't, the passage doesn't tell us that Peter watched him do this or anything. And so we, we can presume from this that Peter was sort of told by the Holy Spirit that this was going on and he called them out. And then the Holy Spirit actually struck down Ananias later on Sapphira as well for their hypocrisy. Uh, and so Peter gets a word of knowledge in that case uh, presumably that, you know, he didn't know, or he would you know, it doesn't say he saw this happen. Um, and so God gives him a word there that ultimately results in the purifying of the church because when it becomes known what they've done and it's exposed and the Holy Spirit deals with them right there in that moment, the church begins to fear and recognizes that walking in holiness and purity is really, really important. Uh, thank God he doesn't do that so much today, right? I mean, I may not be sitting here teaching right now. You may not be sitting here listening. Um, So what about um, uh, things like uh, word of wisdom then? Um, A word of wisdom is, uh, again, in the context of it being seen as a supernatural thing, separating it somewhat from the typical growing in wisdom that we shall apply ourselves to, a word of wisdom in a moment might be something that God just give somebody in a particular situation to help them deal with the circumstance uh, in a way that he would want them to, but in a way that they may not have typically thought to do it, uh, but it's particularly wise in that circumstance. Uh, in terms of an Old Testament uh, example, again, Solomon, I'll bring him up. We were talking about him a moment ago. Uh, there's an episode where uh, a, uh, a woman uh, gave birth to a child. Two women gave birth to children. One died after childbirth, and uh, the other woman um, took the other woman's child and claimed it was her own. And they came before Solomon. And Solomon, without knowing whose child it actually was, had to dis- differentiate or distinguish and decide who was supposed to get the child. And both women were arguing vociferously uh, that it was their child. And so Solomon all of a sudden comes up with this idea, we'll cut the baby in half and give a half to each woman. Well, the one woman was totally okay with that. I'm not giving up this kid. The other woman uh, terrified at the thought said, "No no, no, let her have him, let her have him And Solomon discerned from that uh, moment that the woman who did not want the baby harmed was the woman's uh, was the child's mother and so uh, the and everyone seemed to marvel then at his uh, at his wisdom on this. So we see an Old Testament example of this. A New Testament example might be something like Acts chapter 15, where uh, we're looking at what God was doing and, just, and, and, and having a council around the idea that the Gentiles were now coming to Christ, they were now being saved and were, in fact, uh, 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 the Holy Spirit had come upon them in the same way that he had those uh, who had um, come to, uh, um, the Jews who had come to Christ, um, James steps up and, and, and presiding over the council, uh, ultimately makes the decision that Gentiles don't need to come through Moses in order to come to Christ. There's a lot to that story, that, that passage, but I'm just simplifying for our purposes here, but, um, but there is a wisdom that was born out of that Circumstance in that decision. And so we see the Holy Spirit likely giving them direction and understanding of how they're supposed to deal with this extremely important issue. What about the law? If Gentiles are coming to Christ without going through Moses, does that mean the law is no longer something that we need to follow? Do we do we how do we understand the law now? Well, some wisdom was infused into that circumstance. So um, the gifts of knowledge and wisdom. On the one hand, two very practical things that we should all as believers apply ourselves toward. But on the other hand, in Paul's usage here, uh, there appears to be times when there is a supernatural expression of these two things as well. Uh, now, of course, as with all the gifts, it's important I should kind of bring this around uh, toward a conclusion here uh, by by mentioning that there are always ways to abuse the gifts. Uh, for example, um, um, there are those that sort of like to uh, purport, you know, they like to put forth the idea that they get words of wisdom and words of knowledge and this kind of a thing. And God speaks to them in ways about other people this way. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of like if you're a comedian, if you have to tell somebody you're funny, you may not be. Um, if if someone walks up to you and says, "I have a, a gift of word of wisdom," I have a gift of word of knowledge, or I have a gift of discernment, or something like this. Um, probably a red flag should go up at that point. You know, typically, if, if that's true, it'll be borne out through the things that they say and the things they share. They don't have to preface it by sort of setting themselves up on a platform and saying, look, I'm somebody to be listened to because God has given me this gift. Um, I I teach the Bible. I pastor a church, but I, I don't walk around telling everybody I'm a pastor. Uh, I don't start by saying, well, I've been a Bible teacher for X amount of years or something, because that immediately sort of is a, a, a self-centered way to put yourself in a position of authority over somebody that is not really justified. So there are abuses. Someone can walk up to you and say, well, I have a word of wisdom about you. Okay, well, say on and let's see if in fact that's either true uh, or if in fact um, it's about to be true or something, you know, but, um, but beware of that kind of a thing. Uh, when someone says they have a, word, uh, have a gift of word of wisdom, well, wisdom is known by its children, right? I mean, if this thing ultimately works its way out in a way that demonstrates that, yeah, there is there was some really special understanding and application in that circumstance, okay, then we saw God work in that. But it's never about the person. It's never to bring the person attention. It's always about building up others. It's always about glorifying God. And so uh, that rule of thumb should follow us through our study of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We should always be mindful that the gifts are not given to aggrandize ourselves or to build ourselves up. As a matter of fact, one quick example of that, uh, Paul and Barnabas are, oh uh, gosh, was it Paul and Silas, but uh, it escapes me at the moment, but uh, at one point they were doing some really miraculous things and the people around them began to elevate them thinking that they were you know um, you know um, what uh, Hermes and Zeus and, and this kind of a thing and they very quickly put that down it's like no 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 it wasn't just that they were being thought of as being false gods but they weren't there to elevate themselves they weren't there to ultimately bring attention to themselves but rather to point to Christ we find whenever the miracles are, are used in, in the book of Acts which probably is more fairly instead of being called the Acts of the Apostles, probably should be known more as the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. But uh, whenever they would do miracles, it was always to give entrance to the gospel. It was always to cause people to stop and recognize the power of God was present so that the message of God might be received. And so the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not an end in themselves. They're not meant to bring uh, popularity to somebody. They're not meant to elevate the, the, the one who's been given the gift. They're always intended to drive people toward Jesus. They're always intended to build up the church. They're always intended for the common good, not for just the elevation of the one. Um, So when you see things on TV and you see some of these faith healers and preachers and stuff, um, you know, waving their coats around and blowing people over and doing all these goofy things or having conversations in tongues together and doing stuff where they just become this, you know, big focal point where thousands wanna come and see them uh, perform these miracles as you know quote unquote I'm doing this a lot when it comes to these kind of things uh, remember that, that that is not the expression of the Holy Spirit's gifting as we see it in scripture and scripture is always going to be our guide in understanding both what these things are and how they're to be used and expressed and also by which we um, call out abuses uh, so that being said I'm going to go ahead and stop there for today and uh, we'll pick up again tomorrow as we make our way through the list. As always, I invite you to share uh, any of your thoughts or comments. I'd love to interact with you uh, online as well, whether you uh, do this through our YouTube channel uh, or if you're watching uh, on our uh, church's website or on my own personal blog, uh, you can uh, follow and comment and such. So. Uh, if you want to reach out, uh, you can do that by emailing through our church's website. My email address there is Brian at calvarychapelfranklin.com. Uh, if you're watching on my personal website, parsonspad.com, you can also email me through there as well with the link. And um, in any case, I just uh, want to close this in prayer and ask the Lord to help us to understand these things, that we might see them for what they are, not be afraid of them, but see them for what they are. And who knows, maybe God may even want to gift us in some way that can be used for the building up of the body and the furthering of the gospel. And so let me pray and ask God to help us in that. Father, we just wanna come before you with humility and, and an understanding that the things we're talking about uh, in many respects are um, uh, have been a, uh, abused or misunderstood and, some, and unfortunately have in many uh, parts of the body of Christ have either been uh, forgotten about or set aside because of those abuses. Well, Father, we want to take a good look at your your word. We want to understand what the scripture says about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they relate to the person of the Holy Spirit and what place they play in the work he's doing in and through the church, ultimately helping people to come and know and follow Jesus and to become more like him. So teach us, Lord. We pray that the Holy Spirit would help us to understand these things, that he would illuminate the word as we go through it together. And we thank you and praise you that you love us enough to give us your word and to give us so many things that can ultimately help us bring you glory. So help us to do that as we continue each day going through your word. We love you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen.